Welcome to the Lead Tough, Not Loud podcast, where we help leaders focus on what's most important, not just what's loudest. This is John Hatch, my co-host, Adam Pavis. So Adam, I have a movie for our movie list. Oh. So for... I, we're going to jump right into this for a lot of our listeners out there. You don't, they have no idea what I'm saying. I was say that. Say, um, they have no idea yeah. where that reference is coming yeah. from. But, um, Adam and I, we have a group of friends, group of guys that we actually watch movies with and we go to the theaters, watch some of the recent movies coming out that we want to watch, but we also watch like just old classics as well too. Um, because we are from different generations, right? And a lot of the guys who we watch movies with are from different generations as well, too. And so a lot of you younger fellas. Youngins. <laughs> youngins like, out there. Don't know about some classic movies out there that are great movies. You've never seen them just because you're young. Yeah. And so um, one of the things we love to do is get together, hang out somebody's house, and watch some of these classic movies. And I don't mean classic from like the twenties and thirties or forties and fifties, which I don't even know if they're making movies back yeah, then, like, but I'm, uh, I'm not sure, but from the last few decades, even, yeah. you know, of, yeah. of movies. So, um, but it's kind of a, a cool thing that, that we do and have a lot of fun with. We so. Do. so we have a list that that's, and that's my responsibility. Cause I'm, yes, the, Adam has the list. Yeah. I'm the hyper organized. Well, we're going to put this into a checklist and then we're going to mark, mark them off as we go. Yeah. But we do, we have a list. Uh, it's, it's ever growing. Mm-hmm. And so every once in a while, John or someone else, you know, will bring up, have you ever seen such and such a movie? And we'll, we'll throw it in the list. And it's one of the ones that at some point before we die, I'm sure we'll watch through all of these. There's, <laughs> I was looking at it before this episode and I was like, there's the list a list is, is extensive. Yeah. It's, it's not short. Yeah. So, so would you want to know what the movie is? What? What movie? Wait, are oh, we're adding one to the list. Yes, I, I told you. Forgot that you had said that. <laughs> yeah, so that's my millennial brain just off figuring. Out. It's all to, good. You're thinking through the list. He was processing. Through that's the list. what I what exactly. Should we, what what I was should doing. we watch? Yes. Yeah, um, um, it's, I'm guessing it's something old. It's probably some old. Movie. Sure. In yeah, I guess in context of old. Yeah, okay. I guess it's old, but it's not that old. It's early '90s. Okay. So, it's a few good men. That's the title of the movie. Okay. So Tom Cruise, <laughs> Demi Moore, Jack Nicholson. Um, those are the main characters. So it's a great lineup. Uh, I think Kiefer Sutherland's in that movie as well too. Um, but yeah, it's a great, great movie. It does have a lot of lang- bad language in it. Mm. So, you know, we'll need to cover our ears, bleep things out <laughs> times. <laughs> Just kidding. But, um, but yeah, it's a great, great movie. So I don't, I'm in a level with you. I don't know what that movie is. That's great. That's even better. (laughs) So no idea. Yeah. And usually for our movie list, you know, one person has, you know, the best movies that we put on the movie list are ones that maybe only one of us has seen and Mm -hmm. nobody else has. So it's kind of, you know, if there's a surprise twist or surprise ending, you know, it's, it's great for most people. The person who has seen is like, Oh, it gets all excited. But, um, but yeah, so that's a movie we should add. So okay, um, do you want me to put it on the list during the podcast or like, sure, just okay. put it on right now. I'll it's just fine, so we don't forget. You keep telling people about a few <laughs> few men, a few good men, few good men. Yeah, and so we'll add it to the list. Yeah. But it's a mili- it's military based movie. Okay, um, and I mentioned it because you know that movie that the plot of that movie actually encompasses the topic of our episode. 
oh. I want to talk about today. Um, I'm not going to give the whole movie away for anybody who hasn't seen it, especially for you. But basically, it's about an abuse of power by a, by a Marine colonel. Oh. And, um, and really what I want to talk about with this episode is about today is, is culture is kind of the category we're going to talk about. But we're going to talk about leading from a title or leading from trust mm. and the difference between those two things. And, and so, you know, that movie came to mind when I thought about this, you know, and that's just kind of one example, but, um, there's so many, so many examples, bad and good of, of leadership and people who lead from a title or lead from building and earning trust from other people. Yeah. So, um, I've heard you mention leading from a title quite a few times. And I know you and I have, have talked about it before, but I'm excited if the, if this is the episode where you would dive into that idea of diving in, or I mean, of uh, leading from a title. That's um, I think it's it's a very interesting thought process, and when our listeners get a chance to kind of wrap their heads around it, it's yeah, it's exciting, it's cool. Yeah, no, I'm excited to talk about it. But let me so let me just start by asking you this, okay? Okay, as somebody from younger generation, okay, how much weight do titles hold? to the next generation like how much weight do you how much credibility do you give somebody simply because they have a title like for you as a younger person maybe you know people your age younger yeah how much weight the titles do you guys give to titles they um it's it's a little it's like a loaded question in air quotes sure. so to speak but for for the younger generation and i would say you know people my age and below it's super super important um, okay. It, they sling a lot of weight. It's a big deal. Uh, it's a big like LinkedIn resume type of aspect is being able to put, you know, a title on there that that's not like junior designer is very, very different than maybe, um, just either a graphic designer, a senior designer, creative director, anything like that. Mm. Um, they're all within my same world and I'm not even specifically with what, with your question, talking the design world but just titles in general, it's a very big deal. Um, they represent respect. They represent hard work, um, trust. So when you, you're holding that title and then you're looking at a new job or even a promotion, uh, being able to hold a title like that says a lot about yourself and your work ethic, things like that. So for a lot of people, it's a really big deal. Me personally, I don't, I don't care too much what the title is as long as the job and what I'm supposed to be doing is is correct. So if my job description matches what I do day to day, that's more important to me than having a higher, better title, if that makes sense. Okay. So I would prefer personally, like better, I would say more consistency and better, uh, like a better work environment than, and feeling happier, more fulfilled in that sense than, yeah. but you get a new title. That's like super shiny. Gotcha. That's great, but I'm really unhappy here. So you know what I mean? So <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I'm following you, but, but that's interesting to me. So like, so there is, there is weight and credibility to the title for the most part. Yeah. From, Cause I, you know, I've talked to people who don't feel like that's the case. Mm. They feel like, you know, titles don't mean anything to the next generation and, you know, stuff or, you know, they just feel like, man, the respect that titles used to have, you know, or used to kind of, you know, give to somebody isn't there from next generation. And simply because somebody's in a position, you know, it used to be some, simply because somebody's in a position that, Hey, they deserve your respect. They yeah. deserve you, your attention and all that, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, so well, but for, you're saying a little bit of the opposite of that. Yeah. So, and let me, I'll, I'll, um, 
I still stand by what I what I said, but I'm going to put a little bit of a twist on it. Um, for sh- and this is this is something that I would agree with, and that I know for sure. What you're talking about, I think, is true. I think a lot of people and a lot of the younger generation don't they don't put as much stock in it. We I think the younger generation does because of the older generation. They know that titles when you're looking for a job, okay, on the job experience, whatever it is. You know, I had A, B, and C you know, letters at the end of my title, whatever it is, means a lot when you're trying to get a job or get a promotion. So there's a little bit of kind of playing the game on that side. I think a lot of the younger generation have seen entire companies that are run or just entire organizations, whatever it is, where there's the front person with the big title who has no idea what's going on, barely shows up to anything unless it's a public facing thing. And so the reality is that it's run by all the people with the really small titles. Mm. So we've kind of, I guess the younger generation has kind of realized it doesn't really matter what your title is. We already know that there's so many aspects where this has been successful and running by itself in the background with people with smaller titles. So it didn't matter if you were, you know, VP of A, B, and C, whatever it is, you weren't actually doing any of the work anyways. It was all the people that gotcha. are, it was the juniors and the, you know, yeah. interns, whatever it is. So, so there's a realization right? yeah. by, I mean, and I think that's something that, you know, for younger generations, I think they're, they're keen to, to being aware of what really is going on, who mm-hmm. really is doing the work and what really like title or not. Right. Yeah. There, there is an understanding and, and there's For a reality sure. to it. Yeah. And there is, there is still an emphasis. Like I said before, there is still a, I, I need to get this or I have this title. My, my business cards say A, B and C, whatever yeah. it is on them. Uh, so as I'm trying to get promotions, maybe even move entire departments, whatever it is, you've got a little bit more weight to sling because you kind of know what you're up against in in those worlds there's a lot of younger generation companies out there now and organizations where they don't even really it's like they have titles just so that they can make an org chart that makes sense but it, it really doesn't mean what it did i yeah. would say maybe even gotcha. maybe 10 15 years ago yeah so okay so here's something i'm going to say and i i really believe this mm-hmm. and i guess this is you know my target in first saying this and thinking this and really as i you know have studied this was for the older generation like like, cause I feel like there's been abuse from the older generation when it comes to titles. But to your point, I think this is good for the younger generations to understand just as much and just as well. And that is the fact that your title is not enough to give you the credibility that you need with your team. Ooh, like it just is not simply because you have a title does not mean that you have credibility with them, that you've earned their respect, that you've, that you can have their attention all the time. Your title is never enough. And I think a lot of times though, we feel like it is right. Mm-hmm. And once we reach a certain level, once we have that title, then, okay, now I get the respect and stuff too. And the bottom line is your title doesn't earn your respect, earn you respect. The, whether or not you're building trust with people is what earns you the respect. And that's, wow. that's yeah. what, that's really what you want. And so the difference between title and trust is kind of, that's where we're headed. I think that difference. So I think you just put words to basically what I was saying. The younger generation is, is feeling or sensing. It's this kind of the breakdown of the norm of, you know, the nice title that comes with the, you know, nicer office that comes with the music, whatever it is. They don't really care about that. And they kind of understand at this point, it doesn't mean what you think it means. Like, yeah, you can be, you know, the vice president 
and everyone can hate you and you can have no idea what's going on in your company. And totally, but you have a really great title. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And it's not to say that somebody hasn't earned that title. No. Yeah. You no, know, like they've like to your point, they've worked hard, they've mm-hmm. done whatever, and they've, they've done a great job getting to that level where they do deserve that title. Right. Mm-hmm. But the title alone is, does not earn you, you know, trust from your team. You have to work at earning that trust. So that's, that's an interesting point. Can let's let's talk about leading from trust. Like what what does that look like, um, and how does that play out in your your company culture? Leading leading from trust. Are you leading from trust? Are you leading from the trust of other people? How how does that play out? Um, well, first of all, you know, again, research behind a yeah, lot of stuff. Yep. Okay, and so there's two books that I would recommend. There's there's actually a lot out there on how do you earn trust from a team because trust like fosters engagement from your team, which then affects ultimately your culture, right? So, um, but two, one is Five Dysfunctions of a Team. It's a classic book, Patrick Lincioni. Um, the, the first thing, the, the first dysfunction that he actually brings up is a lack of trust. Oh, um, okay. So out of the five dysfunctions, you know, of a team, the first one is a lack of trust. And he goes through this whole, you know, things you can do to earn that trust and to build that trust with people. Um, so that's one. The Trusted Leader by David Horsiger is another one. Um, and that's really for, like, personally, how do I... And he gives eight pillars of trust, of a trusted leader, and what those look like. And he kind of walks through that in the book. Uh, but that's really for, like, personal leadership, you know, and then how that plays out and how I treat people, how I treat my team mm-hmm. in order to earn trust from them. Um, but uh, kind of... Well, talk a little bit about, you know, what leaders can do to earn trust. Um, and again, the first thing is to realize that your title is not enough to give you the credibility. I think a lot of times we just don't realize that we think we just earned the trust because, you know, we are given a title. Yeah. We made it. Yeah. So to speak. And I think we have to realize that's not the case. Um, and even, you know, I think this is just from what I'm seeing in organizations and companies is your title isn't titles aren't carrying as much weight as they used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's certain, you know, certain contexts where they do. And I think the military is one yeah. where title <laughs> is like, I mean, yes. you, know, you understand if that person has that title, then you okay. sit up straight when they're around. Yes. Kind you of do, yeah. yeah. And I think there's a reason for that, you know, and I think there's other organizations the same, but there's a lot that where the titles just aren't carrying as much weight. Mm-hmm. And so we have to realize that we have to understand that that's a great thing though. It really is a great thing when we understand that, that I don't want to just be given, you know, hey, everybody respects me simply because, you know, yeah. I have this title before, you know, my name and stuff too. I know there's people even out there who like, maybe they've earned their doctorate or whatever. And there's some people like older people um, <laughs> who have like, hey, yeah. you know, you can refer to me as like doctor so-and-so oh my gosh you know, where they say that is that still a thing are people still yeah like are you do unfortunately you still... it is okay <laughs> there's some people usually it's older people okay right but then there's other people too it's like you know you actually end up calling them that and they're like hey you can just call me by my first name yeah it's they're all like good, please you know? don't yeah it's fine. um so people you know land on either side but but the title just isn't enough and i think we really have to realize that yeah um i remember as know, a kid growing up my mom always taught us, like, if you were talking to a pastor, it was always pastor. Usually it was their last name. So, you know, for you, yep. like Pastor Hatch. And then I remember when I first met you and you were still like full-time in ministry at that point. Like, I think I called you Pastor Hatch, like one of the first times I met you. And you were like, hey, 
it's just John. You, know, <laughs> you can just call me John. And I was yep. like, oh, and that was like weird for me because it was just that's how we were raised was yeah. to call, that's how you, how you know, you, how you yeah. call people. But yeah, that's, but I think that realization, you know, I think that idea of like the title doesn't. Mm-hmm. doesn't just automatically earn your credibility. I yeah. think I think there's a realization from a lot of people, younger generation, older generations that, you know, there's been a I think the reason that's happening more the respect is being lost for titles is because there's been a lot of abuse of the power, you know, from people who held those positions, oh, yeah. held those titles. And I think that's that turns people off. That mm-hmm. makes them upset. It makes them angry, you know, a lot of times. And simply because people are throwing around titles like they have the authority title gives them authority to do whatever they want well and if you're ever kind of curious with you know gen z or millennials whichever generation you're you're you know in front of at that time um what the reason why a lot of them just seem rebellious or disengaged is because younger people who are not adults and can't you know a lot of them don't have uh, the authority in a lot of areas there's not much they can do in one of those situations and so the first one thing that they can take away from their elders and from older people is respect. They can take respect away and they can take engagement away. And you can't really get in trouble for that in the sense of you can't punish me. You can't do anything if I just don't respect you or don't engage Hmm. on this level. And so I think that's why you see, you know, in certain scenarios, I would say like, you know, if we have teachers who are listening, if you're looking through your classroom and you just see a lot of, um, unlike the kids not respecting, I would take a look at the engagement levels, things like that. How you're leading them is a big deal. Cause I've, as a photographer, I've gotten in and done photo shoots for some schools and different things like that for different events. And you can tell the difference between the classes. Like there's some of those classes where it feels like you're, you walked into someone's like family and everybody's like super engaged. They're very, all the kids are very excited. They're very, you know, excited to be there and they love their teacher. Other rooms feels very much the opposite, you know? So, um, but I think that's kind of where it stems from is we, the younger generation, especially when you're first getting into your career, into an organization, you're brand new, you're looking around, someone who's abusing their power and their title like mm-hmm. that, um, you just feel like, I can't do much. I can't really report you. I can't dock your pay. I can't fire you because I don't have that authority. But I can take away my engagement and I can take away yeah. my respect. because, totally. And that's often what ends up happening, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. And you lose trust in that person, yeah. in that leader. And I think that's that's the thing, right? So... Yeah, we have to realize that the title isn't enough, you know, to give us credibility. The other thing we have to realize is that trust is actually a two-way street. And as Ah, leaders, Mm -hmm. we have to start heading down that road first. So we have to, we have to be the ones that take the first step of actually trusting our teams and trusting our people. We have to give trust in order to earn it, in order to get it back. Mm -hmm. And that's a hard thing for leaders to to accept a Uh lot of times, you know, because we just think automatically, you know, you should just trust me and do what I say and all that stuff too. But we've got to figure out ways to to give trust to our teams first before we actually get it back in return. Yeah. Um, it's risky. Yeah. You know? yep. It's a risky thing to do because you might end up having to fix some things or you might even in, end up having to start over with something, right? If you trusted somebody with some responsibility or something and they drop the ball or whatever it is. Yeah. But that's leadership, you know, and leadership is tough. And that's a tough part about leadership. Earning trust is tough. It's a tough thing to do. Um, and I think that's why a lot of of leaders don't do it, you know, intentionally and don't focus on it. Well, I mean, not only is it tough, but I'm, I mean, we've, I've experienced it building and getting trust from 
from leadership before and being the person in the leadership role, trusting the people that I'm working with. Uh, but it takes time. It takes a lot of time. This is not an overnight thing. You don't, um, it's, it just seems the easiest to use my world that I'm in because I feel like I can give you examples that I'm like, I hope that's, I'm not like, I hope that's how it works in the real world. <laughs> but like with design, it's a, it's a really scary thing. Trusting someone with your designs, your brand, your logo, mm. whatever it is. Yeah. So when upper level leadership gives you that like trust and they, that's basically them telling you, Hey, I, I believe that you can do this, that you're capable of doing this. So you feel that excitement, but you need more than just, I need more than just one of those. Mm. I'm not looking for the, Oh, they, one time they let me do what they hired me to do kind of a thing. I'm looking for consistency in, in this kind of a thing. So what, what would your advice be then to the leadership that's thinking I need a quick fix. I don't have time for to build trust. I, I need something now. I don't have time to, you know, I, you always hear the, like the warm fuzzies or to sing Kumbaya with my team. It's, they feel like it's just, it's too yeah. squishy and they want something concrete and immediate. What would you say to those, the leadership on that side? I would, first I would say you're going to, you have to change your thinking mm. that it's going to be a quick thing. Like it does to your point, like building trust does take time. It just does. And there's mm. no way around that. Um, you know, I think kind of one of the equations, you know, we hear about trust, you know, from, from books and stuff too, is that, that trust is time plus vulnerability. Mm. And so, yeah. you know, the more, more time that you give people, the more trust you're going to build. But it's one thing that we don't have a lot of, you know, is time. And I think there's so many things that, that take our focus, take our attention away. And I think I would, I would tell leaders who say, I don't know if I have time to build trust and well, then you're going to sacrifice some major things because trust ultimately, like we said, fosters engagement, creates a great culture. And if you want to sacrifice that, then you're going to suffer the consequences of that. So I would say, you know, yes, it's a tough thing to do, but you have to give time to building trust to your team. I always love the idea of, uh, I need, I need my team to, to be making money. I don't need them to trust me. Like I've heard, I've heard leadership say that before. And in my mind, it's always, you always have that thought of, you do understand that those things are extremely linked, that that's not like, yeah, oh, we can either make money or we can build trust. Like that that's those things feed into each other back and forth consistently. Absolutely. Absolutely. They do. And yeah. I think, you know, leading from a title won't get you the success you want from your team, but earning their trust will. Hey, thanks for listening. We know your time is valuable. So we hope this episode was valuable to you. For more information about Lead Tough Not Loud, visit leadtough.com.